Hello and welcome to the Vorthos cast. I'm Jay and Ellie. I'm Lorelai Weissel. I'm Brian Dawes. And I'm Chris Delano. And today we are continuing our D&D adventure. So Chris, why don't you tell people where we left off? Yes, today we are finishing our D&D adventure in Lava Brink, and we will see how it goes. Uh, we left off last week with uh, the guard Captain Rennard finishing up an interrogation of Gertie Frink, the leader of the Chain Link Guild, and walking out into the room where all of you were standing, and Ruse, who is played by Lorelai, accused one of the people in the room of being the murderer, and then accused someone else of being the murderer, which was guard Sabine, and she was about to unsheath her blade to demonstrate whether or not she had any sort of incriminating evidence on it. Oh, let's go. <laughs> so Sabine starts pulling her sword out of her out of her sheath, and she's she's shaking. She looks a little nervous. She's looking around the room. She's not had this many eyes on her in a while, and you can tell that she's kind of concerned with what's going on. And she slowly pulls out her blade, and it's completely clean. It looks like it actually hasn't been used in a long time. There's still like a sheen of oil from where she's been oiling it lately. Uh, Captain Renner just sighs a sigh of relief and looks over at Ruse and says, What is this? What are you getting on with? Why are you accusing everyone in this room? Oh, not everyone, just two people. I don't trust <laughs> you, and I don't trust that. Uh, Sabine, uh, uh, Samson, would you please go search that one as uh, Captain Renard points at you? The the two guards, uh, Sabine, you know, putting her sword back in its its holster, uh, look over at you and start moving your, your direction, Ruse. Um, as this is happening, Radagast, uh, what are you up to? You've just been standing in here. A moment ago, Gertie Frink and Captain Renard exited. Well, Gertie Frink ran out of the interrogation room and was met with the sealed door shut. Uh, and Captain Renard walked out, and your familiar slash your bonded companion was still in the room. Well, knowing that they've left the room, I would turn off my channeling and blink like I'm waking up at the sound of the the excitement in the room. It's like, oh, what's going on? Are we still... Have, has the murderer been found? Uh... Eckerd, who is still sort of standing near you and was a little confused by your your trance, uh, looks down and goes, "No, but that mysterious person over there, she uh, accused one of the guards, and she accused, well, she accused Calamus, which I totally trust. I think he probably really did it." Oh. Uh, that sounds <clears> fun. Oh. Well, I guess wake me up when you guys are done. <laughs> uh, Captain, Captain. Uh. Rennard looks in your direction a little confused because he's still trying to focus on the fact that he thinks Ruse might be up to something. I, I think I have a way to 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 move this along, Captain. Uh, I, in the course of my travels, have come across a, a good number of useful spells, one of which is useful for ferreting the truth out of somebody. Oh, I love ferrets. <laughs> at this uh ruse just so you're aware the two guards are standing in front of you uh looking you up and down a little confused by your announcement uh, uh Captain they're, Renner they're looks... probably mostly looking up i'm very tall <laughs> yes you are all, you're very tall i believe that uh captain Renner looks over at phonom and says 
explain more to me. Uh, guards, continue with your search. Uh, Sabine steps forward and she looks a little skittish at you, but she uh, puts on a good face, Ruse, and she says, I'm going to need you to turn over any weapons that you might be holding. And she holds out a hand. Uh, I I hand her... So I, I've been holding a, a, a whalebone dagger uh, this whole time, and I just gently place it into her hand. Any other weapons? That's the only one I was holding. Do you have any other weapons on your person? Oh, of course. Who do you think I am? Like, who, who would go with only two tiny little dagger? Really, one now, because, you know, I handed the other one over. So who, who would only travel with that? This is this is a dangerous place. There's a murderer loose here. Come on. <laughs> Lightspine looks over at you and sort of, like, tries to nudge you a little bit because you handed her one of the daggers uh, just a, a moment ago, uh-huh. which she has concealed a little bit. Um and she's like, come on, you know, and she, she leans in and she whispers to you, she's like, come on, if you didn't do it, just hand them everything you got. It's fine. Uh, uh, I have to take a look and figure out what I actually do have. Hold on. While, um, I reach back into my pack and, um, hand Sabine a bag of 1,000 ball bearings. <laughs> um how much does a bag of 1000 ball bearings weigh uh two pounds okay uh she she grabs the bag it's a little hefty she's still got your dagger in that same hand so it's a little awkward um samson steps up and holds out a hand it's like uh you can hand me anything else you might have on your person um I, i'll so on um i have to think about this here uh on on my right side uh is a cutlass that I pull out. It's a uh a nacreous blade uh carved from a nautilus shell. Um so it's a little uh it's got the kind of mother of pearl iridescence, but it's a it's a single solid piece with a slight curve to it. Uh you want this uh hilt or blade down? Uh hand it to me by the hilt, please. I I don't wanna be stabbed. That's a weird preference in this kind of situation, but okay. Uh, so I, I, I flip it uh, to the blade side and safely hand it over. Um, Captain Rennert approaches you, Phonom, and says, Excuse me, but I, I don't know you. You're relatively new. Uh, what exact magic are you going to try and produce here? Oh, I was going to cast a zone of truth. We can have everyone walk on say whether or not they uh they killed him and then step off and i'll let you know whether or not they're telling the truth well that would have been really helpful (laughs) before this murder was gonna happen we could have figured out if someone was going to commit a murder and just stop it before it happened uh basically killed this man well unfortunately i don't have the precognition magic for that part all right scrub Uh, Captain Renner just sort of sighs a little bit and says, well, uh, I was going to take everyone up to one of our judiciaries to see if uh, they could use their magic to figure it out. But if we can do it here, that would save me the time and all of us the trouble. Um, So perchance, but how would I know to trust you with telling me the truth as well? Well, I have nothing to gain here by, uh, by lying. 
I'm going to roll uh, deception because I did extort that guy <laughs> yep. last time. Uh, exciting. <laughs> uh, 17 for deception. I had a nat 20 on my insight. <laughs> <laughs> well, it doesn't right. matter if you know I'm lying or not. It matters if the captain knows I'm lying. Uh, the captain does not. He, he, he just sorts of nods and goes, I mean, it makes sense. You're new here. It seems like you're a little bit down in your luck. I suspect that you don't have much motivation uh we'll give that a go but first um sabine samson how's that uh search going he looks over at them as they're kind of just standing there staring at you ruse both of them a little they're kind of shooting glances at each other about which one of us is gonna do it uh samson sort of nudges sabine and sabine steps forward and goes i'm i'm going to need to search your person just to see if you might be concealing something if you're concealing something please tell me now uh, I I kind of so, so I I have um so you know how like pirate coats are kind of uh a little bit longer than the, than the waist and whatnot uh mm-hmm. so 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 mine goes uh pretty pretty far down the back of my legs and I I just kind of huddle a little a little closer and uh do a deception roll and uh, tell her that I have nothing else to hand over. <laughs> oh shit. Um, <laughs> you're gonna really hate what she rolled. <laughs> um, what is my deception bonus? It probably doesn't matter. I have a plus seven on deception, which brings me up to a whopping twelve. Uh, so she rolled a nat twenty on her insight. Oh, um, oops. And she looks you up and down. And she goes, "Um, I just want you to know that if you're trying to hide something from us, it would just be so much easier for everyone and for yourself if you would just tell me the truth." We really don't want to hurt you. I, mean, I promise. I, it would be easier, but it would be less fun. <sighs> so if you are hiding anything on your person, please just share it with me now. I just want to... I just need to check you out, okay? <laughs> Look, first this one over here is checking me out. Now you, I, obviously, I still got it. Um, <laughs> White spine giggles. Um, But I kind of... Dramatically throw open the one side of my coat, and, and from the left side pull out my rapier, which has a uh, cage guard, but the uh, the cage elements are octopus tentacles. Fine, I got a really nice sword. It's very special to me. Don't break it, please. Uh, Sabine reaches out and very respectfully takes it from you and looks it over and says, "This is some fine craftsmanship. Um, it doesn't look like anything that would have caused the wounds on Mister Truman." And she well, looks of over. Cor- of course not. It's a stabby weapon, not a slashy weapon. She looks over at uh, at Rinnard, who is sort of splitting his attention between Phonom and uh, the search that's going on. And he just sort of nods at her and she looks it over and she she passes it over to Samson real quick. And she goes, if you don't mind, I um, I do want to to check you over and make sure that there's nothing else. Uh, I, I grab both sides of my coat and just kind of open up and say, Go for it, Chicky. Uh, she gets. She gives you a good look over, but she seems already a little convinced that there's not much going on here. So she, she sort of pats around to make sure that there's no hidden blades um, inside your coat, and then turns around and looks over at uh, Renard and says, "I don't think she has anything that could have caused those wounds. Um, she might be some sort of supernatural, but I don't. I don't. I don't know." Uh, Renard just sort of nods and says. I think we found a way to figure out who our killer is. Uh, Phonom, if you could, um, here, I'll clear out a space here in the middle. 
uh, please, everyone, step aside. Uh, and he starts sort of ushering people out of the middle of the room, which is just a barren uh, area of the work floor. Uh, as he's doing this, you notice, you know, people have sort of gone quiet as they're all watching him. Uh, each of the pe- you know, each of the other people in the room are sort of just staring at Renard at this point. Some of them are shooting glances at Euphonom a little bit quizzical, a little bit accusatorial. Uh, they're they're a little concerned about what's going on here. Um, but you also can finally still hear the sounds of the gears that are turning and the sounds of the rock rubbing its rock that has sort of been lost to you as it's been going on pretty consistently since the lava flows uh, created the lava curtain around Lava Brink. Um, there's lots of lava involved if you haven't <laughs> caught on. <laughs> um, and so uh, you can finally sort of hear that background hum again. And as you're hearing it, you hear it start coming to a close and start sort of quieting down a little bit. Um, and you hear someone, uh, you think it might be Ormus from the other corner go, oh, it sounds like the lockdown might be coming to an end. We should be out of here any time now. And uh, Rindard says, yes, if that's them uh, stopping the defense systems, then the shop should open up in about 10 minutes. And once it's open, um, if we don't know who's done this, I'm going to have to take you all in. So hopefully we can get this figured out. Phonom, if you'll uh, do whatever trick you've said you can do. I, uh, all right. Oh, go ahead. Hold on. Uh, I tap um, Sabine and Samson was the other mm-hmm. guard. Yes. Uh, I tap them on the shoulder and say, can I have my stuff back now, please? Uh, Sabine goes, oh, yeah, of course. Sorry. Um, and starts handing you back your weapons. And Samson does as well. Um, they seem mostly unconcerned by you. Uh, though you do see Sabine shooting glances over at Blight's spine a little bit nervously. Um, I, so, so Sabine is like in front of us, right? Yes. Uh, Sabine would be standing between you and the center of the room, which is where, right. um, uh, Rendered is currently clearing out for this zone of truth, apparently. Okay. All right. So before we begin this, this only lasts for a little while. I'm going to sense if any of you try and fight this. So if any of you try and fight this, I'm going to let the captain here know. Um, Because people can choose to fail a saving throw, right? Uh, People can choose to fail a saving throw. Okay. So if any of you try and fight this, uh, I'm going to know, and I'm going to let the captain here know. Uh, You hear Gertie go, Ugh, get on with it. I'm ready to leave as soon as this door is open. When you step up, I want you to say, tell me whether or not you killed... Uh, the poor dead man over there <laughs> uh, or and whether or not you have any knowledge of his of who killed him or what killed him uh, and you hear so, columnists shout out this is going on too long get it over with man all right well we have to see we have our first volunteer and i cast zone of truth in that space of the room and i say step on over you see calamus stand up and he confidently strides into the center of this magical effect, which I'm assuming is some there's some visible effect here to show where the zone is. Yeah, um, yeah. He, I Let's say I draw like a little like I scratch a little circle in on the ground. Uh, he steps into the zone and then he points at you and says, I want you to step in too. tell me whether or not you killed Gordon Truman. Sure. <laughs> Renard sort of looks over at you and shrugs and says he makes a good point. 
Uh, so I step into the zone, but I keep some distance from the other guy. So I'm just step into the outskirts and say, um, no, I did not kill Gordon Truman. Inside check. And then I, <laughs> and I you can back. roll an insight check if you'd like. 16. Uh, I'm assuming Jay, are you going to contest that with a deception roll? I am not going to contest it. <laughs> Uh, as far as you can tell, uh, Radagast, it seems like uh, Phonom is telling the truth. And uh, as far as uh, you can tell, Calamus seems to also shrug and accept what you've said. And he was, now how much knowledge do you have of his death? You were standing right there when he died. I say, I already answered your question, but I, d- I have no idea who killed him yet. I have my suspicions, but this will clear everything up. And I step out of the zone of truth and motion for him to talk. Calamus cracks his knuckles and sort of stretches a little bit and goes, I have no clue who killed Gordon Truman, and it certainly wasn't me. But I promise you, it was that bonder over there. Step out, step out. (laughs) We don't need all the details. Calamus starts pointing over at Eckerd and says, that monster had to have killed him. There's no doubt in my mind. Uh, he steps out of the circle, and he was, as far as you can tell, telling the truth about that. <laughs> he believes wholeheartedly that that monster killed him. Uh, Rinnard just sort of steps forward and goes, For the purposes of the process, uh, I did not kill Gordon Truman, and I am unaware as of yet who did kill him. Thank you. As far as you can tell, he also was telling the truth. Captain, it's your show. We have a few minutes left on this. Bring up your suspects. Uh, And he points over at... uh, uh, Let's see. Who does he point at? There are... uh, Elsewhere in the room is Ruse, Radagast, uh, Ormus, Gertie, who's not... uh, Calamus, sorry, so so Eckerd, and the two guards. Uh, He is going to roll. uh, And Gertie... He's going to point over at Gertie and say... Gertie, if you could, please. And she huffs a little bit and goes, Oh, I swear. She steps into the zone of truth. She says, I don't know who killed Gordon Truman, though I can't blame them. <laughs> I laugh in character a little bit. Like, you are too much, lady. Move on. Fine. And she steps out of your zone. She says, I hope that's enough for you. I'm ready to leave. Who was our um, first person? Was that Calamus that we tested already? Yes. All right. I'm just keeping so a list We tested Calamus and Gertie. Uh, Rennard is going to then point over at Radagast and say, Radagast, if you, uh, or, um, excuse me, if you would please step forward. Uh, I, I raise my hand to protest and say, ooh, no, 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 us next. And, and I grab Lightsmine's hand and kind of drag her over, um, so that we're both standing in a circle. She, uh, is a little bit confused. Um, she rolled a five on her strength check to see if she would, uh, resist it. So I don't think she is going to be able to resist it. And um, she will... So, so uh, I just kind of smile and nod her and say, so, you want to uh, get dinner tonight? <laughs> <laughs> she just looks at you like a deer in the headlights and says, um, Ruse, we are currently in a murder investigation. Oh, yeah, but after. The, uh, I did not kill Gordon Truman, and I don't know who did kill Gordon Truman. Um, and I'm a little confused because I really thought it was Calamus. And also, yeah, I'd love to get dinner tonight. Um yes. That sounds like a great idea. Did you kill Gordon Truman? Who? 
Did you kill Gordon Truman? Oh, the dead guy. No, I... I, I mean, I've killed a lot, a lot, a lot, a lot of people. Oh, lordy. Have I killed hey, a Bruce, lot of people. Bruce, Bruce, Bruce. But not I, this one. Bruce, I have, uh, I, 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 I would recommend you step out of the uh, circle <laughs> before you continue talking. I have Blight. nothing to hide except Blight, earlier Blight's, when I tried to hide my rapier, okay? Blightstein uh, just starts pushing you out of the circle and says, you know what, we'll talk about that later. I'd love to hear more if you're willing to share, but right now it seems like there's something else going on. Uh, Rinnard is looking over at you, Ruse, with like a glare, very <laughs> concerned. But then points over at, uh, roll another d8. Uh, okay, so we've already had Gertie go, Calamus go. Uh, the only people left are Eckerd, Ormus, Lightspine just went. Uh, Radagast, yeah, you yeah. didn't get to go yet, yep, did you? I will step in <laughs> as soon as Rue steps out. No, I did not kill Gordon Truman, and I will step out. Um... And I don't Captain know who Rinner it is. <laughs> Good, because Captain Renner is about to call you back in there. <laughs> um, all right, uh, that leaves uh, Eckerd and Ormus. Um, Eckerd, if you could step forward. And Eckerd steps forward uh, by himself and walks into the zone of truth and says, I did not kill Gordon Truman. And uh, <laughs> Captain Renner goes, Excuse me, I believe that there's someone else who has to also answer the questions. Necker goes, are you serious? <laughs> Captain Necker goes, I'm very serious. You could lie out your butt. Get that monster in here. And Eckerd sort of tugs on the leash and uh, Vaporwing kind of steps a little bit skittishly into the magical area. And Eckerd goes, Vaporwing, did you kill Gordon Truman? And you see the, the monster kind of just... Very low to the ground. <laughs> Shake its head no. This is, by the way, the cutest interrogation I have ever seen. That, that's out of character. Eckerd, Eckerd kneels down and, and pats Vaporwing on the head and goes, Good. Now, do you know who killed Gordon Truman? And Vaporwing shakes his little head again and he goes, Good. And he looks up at Renard and goes, Are you happy now? And Renard just goes, Yes, that's fine. Ormus, if you'll step forward. And you see uh, Rinnard's hand kind of go to his blade. And Ormus sighs very deeply and steps forward in the zone of truth and goes, I did not kill Gordon Truman. And you can tell he's not resisting the magic. Has No one has resisted so far, correct? No one has resisted okay. so far. But do you know who did, sir? He looks over at Radagast and goes, Do I know who killed Gordon Truman? Uh-oh. Don't repeat the question. Just answer it. Yes. I will say that I know how Gordon Truman died. Do you know what killed or who or what killed Gordon Truman? His own arrogance. How did Gorman, Gordon Truman die, Ormus? Ormus is sort of looking around and you can hear the, the gears stop turning and there's just a silence now as all of the defense mechanisms seem to have turned off. Uh, Rinnard starts pulling out his blade and he goes, Ormus, would you please explain yourself? Uh, the other two guards start pulling out their blades as well and Ormus goes, I, I guess Major Ormus. <laughs> of course Gordon Truman believed in himself so highly. He thought that he would lead us into some sort of better future. 
That kind of talk gets you nowhere, and he knew it. He was just positioning himself. His own arrogance led to his death. Everyone. Oh in this my room God! To kill him. Be quiet. You can no hear one's the, uh, asking you this, dude. <laughs> you can hear the gears start turning as the defense mechanisms of the building start uh, disengaging, and you can hear sort of the 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 stone that's covering the door start slowly rising up. And you can uh, give me a perception check. Actually, just everyone, everyone who's playing, give me a perception check. Uh, Nat 15. twenty. Ooh, what did you get, uh, Radagast? Fifteen. Um, I got a fifteen. Also, hey, fifteen oh. buddies. Fifteen was what I needed. As you notice, uh, all of you can see it, um, and Phonom, you can very clearly see it. As Ormus is staring directly at the door, uh, and Phonom, you actually see Ormus, uh, his hands, which he's sort of been gesticulating with, um, as he's giving this speech about the full you know, that is Gordon Truman. Uh, one of the hands has just sort of been placed over his chest as he says, Gordon Truman believed that he could lead the Glassmakers Guild into some future where monsters and humans lived in harmony. I'll tell you this, monsters are nothing but a source of power. <laughs> Gordon Truman believed that they were subservient to us, but that is not true. We serve them. Oh, God. Oh, man. That's funny, buddy. I serve nobody. I was really hoping um, for some good contracts here. All right. <laughs> uh, if everyone could, uh, roll me initiative. That was fun. That was a nice dramatic entrance to to combat. Uh, 19. 18. Ooh. 10. Ooh. Uh, oh, my God. You all, two of you have our names. Okay, hold up. All right. Uh, so you had nineteen phonome. Uh, yeah. Uh, if you okay, uh, Radagast, what is your? Actually, I can look this up because I have access to your sheet because I am the DM. Okay, you have the same. How do I determine who goes first? I normally go wisdom after dexterity. Just to see oh, if that's they a good idea. Threat. That is a good idea. Then you will go next on that list. All right. So let me phonom, which is a great name. Uh, and then it will be Radagast. Oh, yeah. I forgot I have to roll initiative for other things. There are more people in this room. <laughs> the fun part of combat, which is a lot of figuring out numbers before anything gets to happen. Uh, disagree. I the fun part sorry. of combat is the one-liners. <laughs> Uh, yeah, okay, so you're, all right, I will put you in here, well, after everyone else, and then, all right, um, so, you all see this at the same time, everyone in the room is saw seeing this happen, because, of course, Ormus is standing in the very center, uh, as Ormus grips something under his shirt, as he's speaking, and he says, and now, I fear I have to leave this city as well. And he rips open his shirt chest to reveal a little pendant, a little glass pendant hanging there. Uh, as he does that, you can see Eckerd for just a moment sort of recoil backwards as he goes, oh, God. And he looks over at you, Radagast, but not enough time to say anything as the glass pendant shatters. And you all start seeing something just sort of 
leaking and oozing down Ormus's chest. Uh, and we are going to... Rexia confirmed. <laughs> I can't have a game without a mysterious black icker, can I? <laughs> so, uh, Ormus so wait, is wait, 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 time out, time out. Mm-hmm. Do we know who did the murder yet? You know, I wonder if you're going to figure that out real soon. Oh my god. Um, start of combat. Uh, Phonom, you are standing there off to the side, and you see Ormus doing this. Uh, you are at the top of the initiative. What are you going to do? Uh, well, I am going to um, clench my buttocks to uh, <laughs> <laughs> keep from uh, letting anything go. Um I am going to uh, back away a little bit because I had been closer to the circle. Uh, and I am going to cast a mirror image on myself. So I have three. They're now like three duplicates of me standing around me. Yes. Which I love the spell. Uh, and let's see. Is there anything else I can do this turn? I don't think there's anything else I'm going to be doing this turn. Uh all right, um, Radagast, it is your turn. I will go ahead and give you an option uh, if you would like to quickly use a bonus action to make an uh, either investigation or insight check. Sure. I'll do an investigation. Mm-hmm. Uh, that is a 21. So you feel it, and you know this is what Eckerd was looking at you for. Um, bonders all share a connection with each other. As you know, uh, if you remember from the story, um, bonders can identify each other. Uh, Eckerd has been suspecting that you were a bonder since the moment this all began, uh, because Eckerd is very much, he is very much in tune with the other bonders of the city, um, whether or not they want to reveal that to him. Uh, but as that glass shattered, you both could feel it. There is something else in this room, and you start feeling that maybe Ormus has a connection has that bonded magical trait with something else. Uh, but it's your turn, and that's all you got. Sure. I am going to cast uh, Dragon's Breath on myself. Oh, wait, no, I can't, because I used my bonus action for that investigation. Um, right. You can use a bonus action in the place of an action. Yeah, but that defeats the point. I'm not <laughs> going to do that. Um... Does your familiar go on your uh, yeah. initiative? Okay. I believe. Uh, Actually, it has its own turn. All right. Well, give me that familiar's initiative as well. Um, that is a five plus so seven. All right. And your familiar's name is? Fiore. Fiore. Not to be confused with Fiora. Um, I will cast Create Bonfire under his feet. Okay. So uh, he needs to make a dexterity saving throw of 14. He fails a dexterity saving throw. Awesome. Um, so that is five points of fire damage, and he is standing on top of a bonfire, and I'm going to move away. Hide behind one All of right. these guard types. Because I am not built for taking hits. So okay. if there's a corner 
that's away from the door, but behind that puts one of the guards between myself and this guy, I will do that. So there are no guards between you and Ormus at the moment because they are both standing uh, in front, or technically, I guess at this point, they're behind you, uh, Ruse, because you were between them, or they were between you and the center of the room, but now they are not. Um, I will say that you can sort of get behind the counter that's there. You were sitting in a chair up against it a moment ago. Um, so there is a counter now between you and Ormus. Uh, it is now Ormus's turn, and you can sort of see him enveloped by these flames as he just sorts of he just sort of has this wicked look and this glow in his eyes now. So thank you for adding dramatic effect there, Radagast. Um, and he steps forward out of the the scope of the bonfire, and he says to you all, "You must understand the future of the city does not belong to people who would wheel and deal in harmony like." like Gordon Truman. Uh, and he is going to uh, attempt to cast a spell called Darkness. Darkness. So magical darkness spreads from a point that he chooses within range, which is going to be on himself, to fill a 15-foot radius sphere for the duration. The darkness spreads around corners, which there are none. He's in the center of the room. Uh, most of you, I would say, are probably within... Um, Phonom, you are probably almost definitely within 15 feet of him because you cast the spell and were standing there as people were going in and out. Um, I would say, Ruse, you are not yet within 15 feet of him, and Radagast, you are not. So you will not be within the darkness when it appears. Um, a creature with dark vision can't see through this. So if for some reason you have dark vision, um, and non-magical light can't illuminate it. So you all watch as the bonfire sort of disappears from your view. Um and you can sort of see Ormus is gone. Um, Ruse, it is your turn. There is this sort of sphere of swirling darkness within the center of this room. Uh, so, so I'm outside that sphere? Uh, yes, you are outside of it. Cool, cool, cool. I would say you're probably just outside of it. Right. Um, what can I do here? Um... Well, I mean, I can tilt my head to one side and say, well, that's weird. Do you, uh, do you want to um, use your action to prepare an action for the next time that you have the chance to act? One of the things in D&D is that you can, instead of using your action on your turn, defer your action to the next turn or the next opportunity that you could act. Uh, yeah, I'm going to draw my rapier. Mm-hmm. Um, just kind of get into a ready position. Which, <laughs> so when I was making this character, I watched all these videos on YouTube about rapier fencing. So <laughs> I know what the ready position looks like. And uh, I am currently like the tip of my blade is just, like just poking into the dark sphere. All right. So I will say you've readied your action to make an attack against something that comes out of the sphere. In, in my head, presumably, whatever this fellow's name is, because I can't remember Ormus. anyone's name. Ormus, yes. Yes. Um, so, uh, you ready yourself. You, uh, Blightspine is behind you, looking in awe at your, uh, your protective instincts, I suppose. Um, oh, I'm not trying to protect her. Uh, 
Phonom, you are within the sphere of darkness just a little bit. You might be on the edge of it. Um, <laughs> you're going to hear something that sounds like the blood pulsing in your head if you've been hanging upside down for a long time. Do you know that that sound? The sound of like your own sort of body and like the movement of the blood through your veins and you hear that in your own head um but you also hear it outside of you uh if you could uh i'm going to roll do 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 does a 22 hit your ac <laughs> my ac is 13 yes all right we all uh, squishy up in here all right so hold so, on uh-huh. Let me see if it even hits me or one of my duplicates. Yes. Uh, it hits one of my duplicates. So their AC is 11. So you can't see it, but you uh, do your duplicates have a health pool or is it just when they're hit, they're gone? They're, when they hit, they, they pop, basically. You, you hear the sound of something very quickly moving through the air all of a sudden by you. Sort of this whoosh sound in the darkness. And one of your mirror images is just gone. Where'd it um, go? You can feel that magic dissipate as one of them is just poof, gone. Uh, Radagast, it is Fiore's turn. So, Fiore, knowing that I attacked this person, uh, she, he is going to fly into the darkness and attempt to stab at him with her sting all right um this will drop her invisibility i believe yes <laughs> to be fair that seems hardly relevant anymore <laughs> <laughs> that that is pretty irrelevant at this point hold on um, wait a minute uh, mm -hmm. one second let me double check something wait it can't attack which is weird familiar I, it should be able to attack okay well, she's going to attempt to stab, stab him with her spear. Um, uh, she will be rolling at disadvantage. She has blindsight of 10 feet. Um, all right. Does that cancel out the effects of darkness? Yes, because blindsight means you, you're, you're not using... It's like a badger in underground, like, or... Okay. It's, it's like, like echolocation. Sonar. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Um, so you, I will say Fiore can tell that there's more in this darkness than just Ormus and uh, Phonom. Uh, but I will, I will say that you cannot, as Radagast, see through Fiore's eyes or yeah. through Fiore's senses. Yeah, I can't use the blind so side, you don't. she just knows that they're there. Yes, so um, Fiore will make an attack on Ormus. So can she, can they see her? Hold, hold on, hold on. So, so what you're saying is there's more than meets the eye. Yes. Mm -mm, actually, mm -mm. actually, she has she's invisible currently, so she would have advantage regardless. Oh, yep. She would have advantage. And both of them are good rolls. 16 and 17. So the 17 will definitely hit. Uh, roll damage. Uh, and they need to make a constitution saving throw. Okay. They were going to have to do that anyways for their uh, concentration. Yep. But one of them is if uh, it's, a, it's only a DC 11 constitution saving throw, and if they fail, it's their poison. If they fail by five or more, they're unconscious for an hour. Well, they definitely passed the poison saving throw. Cool. And I believe for a concentration check, it is a DC of 
half the damage or 10, whichever is greater. So it's 10. Um, they're taking six mm -hmm. points of damage. Okay, so let me park down here. Uh, as you see Fiore, um, well, no one sees this because Fiore is invisible at the time, but Fiore flies into the darkness and you hear a little yelp and the darkness sort of dissipates as you all see Ormus standing in the center, well, not standing in the center anymore, a little off-center from the darkness. Your bonfire is gone, by the way. It was extinguished by the darkness. Um, and you see uh, Ormus standing there and sort of swirling around Ormus and pooling around his feet, leaking from this glass pendant that was under his shirt is this sort of black ooze that also appears to be very sparkly um as if maybe it is just filled with broken shards of glass and <laughs> phonom you can see it is actually sort of materialized directly in front of you and you get an idea of what might have uh destroyed one of your mirror images because this oozing pool appears to have three large claws made of glass that have just swung down right next to you. Oh boy. And that brings us to Phonom's turn. Wait, wait, wait. Before we finish that turn, I would like to say uh -huh. that Fiore does like a whole dive thing and she dives and stings and then flies back up into the roof. How high are the ceiling in this room? Uh, it is a, um, it is a glass blowing factory. So I'd say the roof is probably about 20 to 25 feet high. Yeah, so she would fly as high up as she can get from wherever she was. She has a 60-foot flying speed, so. Yes, and you all also see uh, this uh, Fiore flying up there. because Do no they, though? Invisible. Because they might be more focused on Ormid. Just saying. <laughs> um, I would say that it would catch your eyes, but probably not hold your attention very long. Um, Phonom, it is your turn. All right. On uh, Am I, like, engaged with this creature you are so, within melee range of this ooze okay so i will oh well i have my mace ready i i need to get away from this person but um let's see i will uh this is hard i don't know i don't want to stay here and fight it it's gonna murder me uh, I'm going to disengage, and uh, is there, like, cover nearby I can see? Uh, you could probably hide behind one of the glass-blowing ovens. All right, so I'm going to disengage and go take uh, go take cover over there. Um, is disengage an action? Yes. Yes. It right. is an okay. action unless you are a rogue, in which case it's a bonus action. Hey. Ah, <laughs> I should have been a full rogue instead of going trickster cleric. Uh, <laughs> I, um, let's see. I think that about does it. No one's really wounded yet. So, all right. That's all I'm going to, uh, as like a, can I, can I switch to my crossbow here? Yes. All right. Can. So I'm just going to ready my crossbow. Not as like the ready in action, but just get it ready and pass the turn. All right. Radagast, it is your turn. Um, hmm. So, is anyone paying attention to Fiore? Does it look like anyone's paying attention to Fiore? I will say that no one seems to be looking at Fiore. They're all looking at the wild man in the center of the room with the ooze that seems to be swirling up around him. Excellent. That's, um, that's a little bit more concerning than your little uh, fairy dragon. Cool. 
That's all I need to know. <laughs> um, so I am going to cast. <laughs> um, I'm gonna peek my head over the counter. So does Ormond look like the kind of person who's going to wait into battle himself, or is he like? Because he's wearing armor and has a sword, right? No, Ormus is just wearing like workers' clothing. He's okay. wearing a leather tunic, I'm thinking and a, I'm thinking a shirt that he's guy. ripped open. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Calamus is the one who looks ready to go into battle. Yeah. Okay. Um, hmm. All right, change your thing. So I was about to shrink Ormid, but uh, that doesn't do as much as I thought it would. Um, how far away from me is Ormid at this point? Uh, I'd say you're probably about a good 25 to 30 feet from Ormus. Cool. He's taking damage, so I'm just going to peek my head over the counter, uh, wag my finger at him, and you he hears bells go off, and I'm going to need him to make a wisdom saving throw, DC 14, as I cast Holy Dead. He got a 14 on his saving throw. Well, it does nothing, so I say mm-hmm. drat and put my head back down beneath the counter. All right. At that, Ormus is actually um, going to, uh, hearing the bells coming from you, Ormus is going to point in your direction and you sort of see his eyes sort of go black um, and you see something swirl around his finger and then this blast just goes straight at you. Um, I don't see anything because I ducked fully behind the counter. I'm not trying. I'm I'm trying to get full cover, basically. Yes, he is not going to hit you, but he is going to hit the counter. And I need to roll some damage. So that is going to be uh, you hear the splintering of the counter that you're hiding behind. And it sort of breaks under this blast of what appears to be some sort of purplish greenish force that just hits it straight up and cracks the counter. Not cool, not cool, not cool. <laughs> uh, Ruse, it is your turn. You can see things now, but nothing attacked you. Sure can. Uh, we are going to take a uh, a kind of lunging rapier attack at... Um, gotta keep forgetting this dude's name. <laughs> Ormus. Ormus. Yes. Um, uh, so uh, we're going to... So because I prepared the attack, do I have two attacks now? Nope, just the one. No, just the one? Okay. Mm-hmm. Um, so that is going to be a 17 attack roll. Uh, that will... You lunge at Ormus and your rapier pierces into him. Um, so I'm going to stab into his chest... And that is going to be a 12 damage. Uh, I will say that you do not stab into his chest because that would kill him. Okay. Um, well, fine. But you do, you do make good purchase uh, right at his sort of collarbone level. Okay. Um, and as you do, you cut the leather strip that was holding that glass ornament and it falls to the ground. Uh, and you have now successfully broken the connection between Ormus and his companion but that is for me to think of mechanically and not for you to care about um uh, it it's still 12 damage yes it is still Ormus looks very much like that hurt quite a bit and he glares at you uh and he reaches up with his hand and actually grabs your blade uh 
gritting his teeth as he stares at you. Um. Uh, Anything else for your turn? Uh. He's grabbing my blade. Can I? Can I still uh, take a bonus action and uh, hide? Uh, you can take a bonus action and disengage, but you would have to like have something to hide behind, and that's not really here right now. Isn't this room full of like kilns and stuff? Yes, but you would have to move to one of them. Yeah, which would mean having to disengage from him or take an attack of opportunity. Um, I will disengage. Okay, so you pull your your rapier from him, and you can see the blood sort of. Uh, from not just your stab into his collarbone, but also from his hand as you pull it out, and you deftly duck underneath any sort of attack that would have come and move away um, yeah. out of his range. Kind of back off with the uh, blade held up close to my face as I guard, guard position. Yes. As Ruse has sort of deftly rolled away, um, you see this black-green-purplish slime that has started to sort of form into a shape that kind of looks like a quadrupedal monster of some kind, um, start just sort of barreling in your direction. So, you know, kind of sloppily, because it's a slime. Wait, whose uh, direction? Yours, Ruse, because oh, the other two like people that. are hiding. <laughs> um, and this ooze sort of runs up to you, and this massive, like, pseudopod claw with the three pieces of glass uh slams down at you mm -hmm. and that is going to be two plus five to hit uh does a 23 hit your ac um deception attempts and say no <laughs> i think it does um, uh well you should know you have my character sheet you figure it I out i do i have uh, so 14 ac yes the attack comes down, and you are going to take... Let me roll the actual damage here, because I'm trying to be good. Uh, I'm trying 10 to... damage. You feel the glass sort of slice you, and the slice of the glass hurts, but what really hurts is some of this ooze splashes onto your wounds, and it really stings you. Like, you can feel almost a burning feeling as it, as it just sort of gets into your skin. Okay, so as uh, outside the game, as someone who has worked in a custom frame shop and been cut by glass a lot, it's mm -hmm. really hard to make that hurt any more than it already does to have silica dust inside your skin. So, well, the good news is the dust has all been uh, absorbed into the ooze, so <laughs> that's that's how that hurts. Um, Fiore, it's your turn. Fiore is going to uh, not want to get any closer to this thing now that she sees everything in clear. Uh, hmm. She's just going to wander in the rafters and try to avoid being seen by anybody else. All right. Do you want to roll like a stealth or something? Sure. Behind some chandelier or something. Natural 20. Sweet. Yep. She is, she hides very effectively up there in the uh, structural rafters of this factory. Uh, Phonom, it is your turn. You're cowardly hiding behind an oven. Hey. Uh, a little coward. Hey. It was a brave 
bravely turning face and retreating. I uh, sure. <laughs> uh, so I am going to uh, invoke duplicity and create an illusion for myself that I am going to move uh, to the other side of the room. So it looks like I'm over there fighting with like uh, Ruse. All right. So Ruse, you notice uh, Phonom is suddenly next to you and appears to be there to help you. Um, that's. I, I think yeah. that's all I can do because uh, Channel Divinity is in action. So I'm not going to move is. from my hiding spot. All right. So I'm just reading this real quick. Um, I will say that it does not appear. Uh, it appears 30 feet from you. And so the, there's a little bit of gap where it has to move. Um, but it will be within 120 feet of you. So it won't be a problem. Yeah. Um, well, yep. Yeah, okay. So you do. Uh, everyone's a little bit, you know focused on the situation with the ooze and uh, Ormus, but you're, you do just sort of appear 30 feet into the room, about maybe 10 feet away from the ooze and, and ruse, and you jump in with your, your sword raised about to provide assistance. Yeah. yeah. Yes. <laughs> um, so um, can I, for like my move, can I just roll stealth for myself to make sure I'm nice and stealthed in my brave hiding spot? So rolling stealth would be considered uh, hiding, which would be an action. Oh, then no worries. Yeah. Uh, go uh, ahead. So uh, Radagast, it is your turn. Um, Radagast is going to cast Chromatic Orb at uh, Ormid. Um, mm-hmm. uh, that is a 15 to hit. So that is going to hit. I do need to know what elemental power you are putting into ah, this orb. Yes, that is correct. Um, I'm going to choose to do uh, thunder damage. Thunder damage. Okay. Uh, so that's 3d8. Seven. Ooh, 15. All right, so you sort of uh, stand up a little bit and you see, everyone sees as this cartographer just throws what appears to be this orb of thunderous force. I don't know how to describe thunder damage because it's not lightning and it's not force, but that's what you kind of think it is. Uh, And it spirals through the air and it just hits Ormus directly in the chest and it knocks him back a little bit and he sort of falls to his knees um, He's still up, though. He does not appear to be knocked out yet. Cool. And well, Oh, sorry. Uh, no, do you have anything else for your turn? Yes, I'm going to duck down beneath the bar and then shift myself a little bit over, uh, away from where he shot last time. Yes, so the bar is uh, pretty splintered at this point. Um, and Ormus uh, is going to, uh, on his turn... Uh, from his kneeling position, you see him raise up a hand and he just starts muttering in this sort of like guttural sounds as his eyes turn black again and he pulls his hand down and he goes invisible. Seems to disappear from sight. Wonderful. Um, Ruse, you have a slime monster with glass uh, that seems to be trying to kill you. Sure do. <laughs> Um, <clears throat> let me not 
take a bite of this porker while I try and take a turn here. Um, porker. One, two. What do I got for slime monsters? Kind of get the sense that poking this with a sword don't do much. Oh, it depends on the sword, honestly. Um, well, I just have a rapier. <laughs> um, let's see. And it's between me and Ormus is his name, right? Yes. Yeah, well, got you it. You don't know where Ormus is now. Ormus is invisible. Or oh, that's at least valid. has disappeared. Um, how, how far is supposedly every, everything I can see, every person I can see, how far is everyone from me? So from where you're standing, you have a slime directly in front of you, or yep. an ooze of some kind, um, the monster. Uh, you know that probably about 30 to 40 feet to one direction is Radagast, who you saw jump behind a bar. Um, you have, as far as you can tell, Phonom standing directly next to you, um, who has a blade out to help. Mace. And a mace, excuse me, out to help. Uh, Blight Spine is hiding behind you currently. Okay. Um, All right. This has already answered yeah. my question. So. Okay. Um, okay. So um, I think I'm just going to go try. Or, hmm. Does the ooze have anything that looks like a face? Uh, it seems to be sort of forming into the shape of like a quadruped of some kind. Can I um, stab with... vaguely where where a head like thing might be forming? You can stab <laughs> into the ooze and you probably are stabbing somewhere close to a face, honestly. No matter where you go, it's an ooze. I mean, I'm not going to have a discussion about cephalization and plasmodial slime molds, but sure. We'll say wherever I stab is potentially yeah. a face. Think of Umori You're the a DM. little bit. Uh, okay, so attack roll. Yes. Is, uh, so it's going to be a 21 to hit? Yes, you definitely, it's not hard to stab into this thing. Yep. And um, well, that's going to be another uh, 11. So. You stab into it and you can sort of hear... The shuddering sound. You also hear the sound uh, that Phonom heard earlier of like the blood rushing to your head. Um, mm -hmm. But you hear it coming from this ooze. You can clearly hear it coming from it. Uh, and it sort of like high pitch squeals a little bit uh -huh. uh, as it takes the damage. And that was 11 damage. Yep. Um, and it seems upset. Also, uh, as you pull your rapier out, you feel as if uh, the ooze is sort of clinging a little bit to the blade uh -huh. um, and might be damaging it. Uh, you will have a minus one on damage rolls oh, going forward. That's not good. Oh, no. <laughs> With that rapier. Okay. Um, anything else for your turn, Ruse? Uh, no. I think right. that's going to cover it. Uh, the ooze, um, which has a name, by the way, but it's not come up and it's probably not going to come up. Um, so I'm just going to share it all with you. The ooze's name is Apoxus. Nope, um, like that. Like it. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, I just want to share that. Um, it is going to, uh, seeing Phonom run into the battle, it's actually going to make an attack against what it appears thinks is Phonom. Um, so I believe with that, I'm just, I just attack your illusion. It just, yeah, it, it. There's there's nothing that really happens. It's just there. It's like a hologram. 
Okay. Well, it is going to uh, bring its claw over at the hologram, and I assume a 15 is going to hit the hologram. Y- yeah, it, it doesn't even have an AC. Okay. Uh, and it slices through it, and it you can sort of like see uh, everyone who's looking at this fight can see the blades of glass that are coming from this monster's claw just sort of slice through it. And the ooze looks very confused, uh, as confused as an ooze can look with like no face, but a hole where a face would be because it got stabbed. Fiore, it's your turn. You are invisible, kind of. You're hiding. Um. So, um, um, whatever his name is, Onam, or Ormid. I'm sorry, Ormid. Uh, Ormus, Ormus has gone. In, Ormus has, has gone, gone missing. Invisible. Um. So. Fiore is going to fly down from the raptors and and fly by where he once was. And if she gets within 10 feet of him, she will sense him and will attack him. Uh, She flies down to where he was standing before and does not sense him. Um, He He is not within 10 feet of where he was standing before. Okay, so she has a fly speed of 60 she will um she's already used about 25 to 30 of that i I would just say 30 because that's a good round number to fly down to where he was before um she would be able to does does um, apexis or whatever his name have a scent apoxis smells like terrible like acrid gross you can you can all sort of sense it but no one's asked about it he smells like the mixture of garbage and cleaning fluid if you're like cleaning out a dumpster okay um you know what in that case um so i I need a better description of this room to determine what i'm going to do with her last 30 feet Um, i would say with 30 feet you can get to most of the walls of the room um, I would say they're probably, you can get within five feet of most of the walls of the room, just to make it easier. The room is probably about 60 to 70 feet by 60 to 70 feet. Okay. And he was in the dead center of the room at that point? He was in the dead center of the room when he disappeared. Okay. I'm going to have her fly toward me. Okay. Uh, she flies towards you. She does not at any point in time sense anything, uh, does not sense Ormus on her flight. If that's what you are looking for. Cool. Can she get to me? Uh, Yes, she can get to you. You're within 30 feet of Ormus at the time. Cool. All right. Phonom, uh, your illusion was just sliced through. I don't know if it's still there or not. <laughs> uh, let, me, let me. I just need to check something real quick. Oh, I have to be. I have to be within five feet as well. Okay. Right. Uh, I was just seeing if I could get advantage on the roll since it was distracted by me. Uh, it's only for melee. Um, I am going to peek out uh, over my cover with my crossbow, and uh, I do not see Ormus, correct? Nope. He appears invisible. Uh, or, yeah, he doesn't appear because he's invisible. So then I will uh, shoot a crossbow bolt at the ooze thing. All right, give me an attack roll. So that is... I don't think you can fail, but it's always good to check. It's 17. Yeah, you definitely hit the ooze. All right, um, and I deal two damage. <laughs> so 
So your crossbow bolt flies out and it hits the ooze from behind or whatever behind of an ooze can be. Um, the bolt sort of slides into it and you can actually see a little bit of like smoke kind of coming out as the bolt itself is dissolving in the ooze. Uh, and you cause a little splash of the acid to come out. Um, and it splashes right onto Ruse. Oh, no, that going... is cruel and mean. Yep. Uh, well, you're standing between, or the acid is between y'all. Uh, you take a whopping one damage from the acid. Uh, Radagast, it is now your turn, assuming that Phonom has nothing else going on. Nope. Um... Okay, so I am going to cast Tola Dead on the Ooze. Okay. So it needs to make a Wisdom saving throw. Uh, it has a 13. Fails. It takes yeah. two points of Necrotic. How much Necrotic? Two. Only two? That would okay. be very poor. All right. Uh, you do see it sort of like shiver and ripple in the ooze um at that point in time uh after you've cast your spell you all hear a shriek from the doorway which is probably about 15 feet from you radagast uh as gertie frink who was standing right at the door is suddenly pushed aside very violently and slams into a wall uh and as she does you can all sort of see Ormus start materializing right there as the stone covering that was covering the entryway is rising up and he's just about, uh, it's just about high enough where he can almost squeeze underneath it. But he just has a hand against Gertie pushing her up against the doorway. Oh, okay, so hold up. That was mm -hmm. my action. I still had a bonus action. I was gonna okay, yeah, use your bonus action. I was going to cast Dragon's Breath on my familiar. On, on okay, your familiar has Dragon's Breath. That is really cool. It's a fairy dragon with dragon's breath. Um, nice. You see Ormus, who is holding uh, Gertie against the wall, um, as he sort of, he's just sort of holding her there, and you can see this sort of like green gas start coming from his hand, and she starts screaming and choking. Um, Ruse, this, it's your at turn. This, at this point, I, I raise my finger and point say, Hey, I think he's probably the murderer. <laughs> um, how far am I from him? You are probably about 15 feet. 15 feet? Oh, yep. we are running up to stab this jerk in the back. If you run to him, you will take an attack of opportunity from the ooze. Don't care. Like okay. Uh. So you run at him, and before you even get to him, you do take... Uh, so I think an 18 is going to hit you. Yep. So it's a D6 plus 2D8. Oof. Um, you're going to take uh, 13 damage. Hell as yeah. As this thing slices you, uh, and you can feel that sort of burn from the acid uh, sink into you as you mm -hmm. try and run away from it. Mm-hmm. But you do, uh, assuming you're still up and not quite down yet, you will make it to Ormus in time. Sure am still up. Uh, I assume this is like a big savage slash across my back. Probably rips my coat open. Yes. I let out, the, I let out the scream, but then grip my teeth and, and press um, onward. Yes. Uh, oh, this... Hmm, 
Does a nine hit? Uh, a nine will not hit Ormus as you go to stab at him, and you just the cut on your back hits you and throws you a little off balance, and your stab with your rapier just goes right past him. Mm. Anything else for your turn? Can I cry? Uh, you, <laughs> Outside the cry. game? Uh, no, that that's it. That's sad. Lorelai, how much damage have you taken? Well, I have three hit points left. <laughs> okay, good to know. So, um, <laughs> am I up next? Uh, actually, it is the ooze's turn next. Oh, no. Um, so, the ooze is actually going to start moving uh, through your fake presentation there phonom and towards uh ruse but before it can get to ruse uh sabine jumps forward mustering up some courage and jumps in the way of the ooze with her sword out and as she does the ooze sort of just slides over her uh ignoring the the arm like the that sabine is there as you hear her cry out and scream as she seems to just sort of be engulfed within the ooze. Uh, and that is the ooze's turn. Uh, Fiore, it's your turn. Fiore. Oh, jeez. <laughs> Feeling more and more like the dragon that she is. Going to <laughs> fly toward uh, Ormus and breathe lightning at him. Okay. Trying to avoid attack? the mean lady. Is that an attack roll, or does he have to make a deck saving throw? He has to make a deck saving throw. Uh, Does a 15 save. He saves, but he still takes half. Okay. He will take 5 damage that's already been reduced. Alright, so he would take 5, but he takes half. No, no, no. mm -hmm. I I already reduced the damage. It was going to be 11, but it reduced down to 5. Uh, it is plenty where the lightning sort of shoots out at Ormus and his hand is on Gertie, but he collapses with a scream and like doubles over onto the ground. And you can hear the ooze start sort of screaming as well. Um, anything else for Fiore's turn? She will fly back up to the raptors or back toward me. All right. Uh, Phonom, it's your turn. Ormus seems to have been knocked down or unconscious or otherwise out by this lightning breath uh but there is still an ooze and it seems to be approaching ruse who is standing right there so i as a bonus action i'm gonna move my illusion through the ooze because yeah whatever dude i give it a rude gesture as i pass uh and then the illusion uh touches ruse's back um, it doesn't really touch, but I cast uh, second level cure wounds on Ruse. All right. Oh, that one fell off the, med- the desk. Mm-hmm. Uh, Ruse gets 11 HP. Nice. And that's it. That's all I got. All right. Radagast is your turn. There is this ooze monster that is approaching and has just engulfed one of the, uh, the poor guards. Going to cast Cold the Dead on it. All right. Does it make the save? Oh, yeah. Sorry. I forgot that I had to make a save. Uh, it does not save for sure. <laughs> it is six points of damage. Across. All right. 
that seemed to really hurt it. It seems like it is uh, in some sort of distress at the moment. Um, and you can see sort of the, the magic that you've exuded rush over it. And the ooze sort of just starts like pulsating and screeching in that sort of gravelly sound. Uh, well, he's down for the count at the moment. Uh, Ormus continues to lie on the ground. Ruse, it's your turn. There's a um, ooze that's coming up right behind you. It has a person stuck inside of it. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, so I'm, I'm going to feel this convalescent touch of this illusion and kind of uh, hold my arms out and flex a little. I'm going to draw my... Um, uh, words? Uh, cutlass. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'm going to turn around and look at the ooze and say... You picked with the wrong, wrong pirate today, buddy. And uh, I'm going to make an attacking slash with the cutlass, which is uh, where is my shorts? Um, where is my um, hmm. so, uh, so I'm assuming you're you're stabbing into it, right? I well, so I rolled a seven, but I'm going to use my feet, so I have the lucky feet. So I'm going to re-roll. Uh, okay. That's terrible. It, it was pretty low. That's true. Uh, I forget. Do I, do I have to take the new roll on this? Uh, I think so. Hold on. Uh, okay. I, I, I can pick either. Well, I, the, second, mm -hmm. the second roll was a six. So that's even worse. Uh, so... Um, I want to let you know that a seven will hit the ooze. <laughs> well, so that that's without my my bonus. Um, so the yeah. seven plus five is going to be a twelve. Um, yes, the, absolutely. This is a giant mass of ooze. It's kind of hard not to hit it. Okay. Um, uh, so it's going to take four from the short sword. Okay. Um, and then with the the two weapon fighting, I'm going to do a secondary hit with the. Uh, rapier um see i don't add my ability modifier okay uh so rapier damage is uh eight eight damage or an eight to hit do i have do i have to do an attack roll um for this, yes for it has a fight? seven ac so i don't think it's gonna be hard to hit it but it would be considered an attack roll as well okay it is a bonus attack action yes Oh, yeah, that's a uh, 24. Okay, so I'll keep the 8 to hit as you um, you sort of do a two-pointed stab into this ooze. Why? Well, uh, so I slash with the cutlass um, and then follow up with a rapier stab. Um, yes, I am going to... Uh, so you slash with the cutlass, which uh -huh. was... Mm -hmm, and was, you actually... Uh, the cutlass was 4 damage. Yes. Uh, as you do, um, you can see that this thing is in some state of distress and you, you slash straight down it. Uh -huh. um, and then you immediately go in and stab with the rapier. And you can see that where you stabbed, the ooze starts to sort of dissolve. Uh -huh. um, and appears to like fall to pieces. And the glass claw just sort of falls to the ground and you can hear it shatter. Um, but you notice when you slashed and then you stabbed immediately afterwards, uh, half of the ooze 
is still standing there not dissolving oh. as you've cut it. And it's sort of like a cell dividing. The slash goes all the way through it. And you can see Sabine fall down to the ground as she's released from the hold of this ooze. Mm-hmm. And the other half of it uh, still sort of just standing there on the two legs that it has or mm-hmm. legs in quotation marks. Mm-hmm. Um, but it definitely looks like it's about to fall apart uh, as that poor pitiful half of an ooze uh, attempts to hit you with its body at this point. Uh-huh. Just kind of um, like glomping me. Yes. It is going to try and glomp you. <laughs> I I don't think that's actually going to hit you. What is it? Yeah, it was a 12. That does not hit me. So it does not hit you. Uh, Fiore, you have your turn now. I did, it kind of lurches at me and I just kind of sidestep um, delicately and chuckle at um, it. And then I spit on it. Actually, um, Fiore, you will not have your turn because at that moment, uh, you watch as uh, that ooze part that tried to like engulf you, hit you or whatever, uh, sort of lurches to the side and then starts to z- dissolve to the ground. And you can see standing there next to it is a uh, light spine holding your dagger that you handed her earlier. Uh-huh. Uh, and it's got a little bit of the ooze dripping off of it. Um, and she just sort of looks down and she goes, Sorry about your dagger. Um, at that point, the ooze is sort of puddled onto the ground. Ormus is knocked out, and you can see Rennard and the other uh, guard Samson run towards him to sort of grab him and hold him and constrict him in some way. Um, the door mechanism starts reaching up to the top, and uh, everyone in the, the factory sort of looks around in shock and surprise sort of just shell-shocked by the whole situation. Mm -hmm. Uh, What are you all doing? It seems like maybe the fight is over. I'm going to cast Prestidigitation to make a poofing set or a a poof animation in front of uh, Fiore and distract from the fact that Fiore hides in my afros to to make it look like I summoned Fiore. (laughs) Eckerd sort of laughs over, looks over at you and goes, that was a really cool trick that you, you did, summoning an illusion of something. I know, right? Um, no one seems to be paying much attention to you as everyone is looking in shock at the crumpled up Ormus and the pile of goo uh, that uh, Sabine is trying to call, crawl out of and sort of wipe off of herself. Um, and then I'll press the digitation, the ooze off of her. Uh, she says thank you. Uh, she's a little bit... Uh, pale face like looks like a ghost almost um what is everyone else doing the door is opening i will uh emerge i will uh release my invoke duplicity and uh Mm. step out from behind cover uh and walk up to um well i'm gonna go check on the guard sabine uh, and if I can cast uh, spare the dying on her, <laughs> um, she seems stable. Um, she she just looks like she's a little hurt. All of her guard outfit, the armor and the leathers that she was wearing, are kind of corroded a little bit. Um, and you can even see like her hair looks frazzled, as if maybe this ooze was like very very slowly digesting her. Ew. 
Um, but she seems mostly physically okay now, especially since all of the remnants of the ooze are off of her. All right. Uh, is she unconscious? No, she's conscious. Okay. Is she? Yeah. I, I'm not going to waste another spell on her then. No. <laughs> <laughs> um, I'm going to check on everyone else, make sure everyone else is okay, and then come around to Ormus. Uh, and is Ormus dying? Like, do I need to cast Spare the Dying on him to keep him alive? It appears that the guards have stabilized him. Okay. So he is he he's not pure dead or dying, but he is completely knocked out and a little singed from lightning breath. All right. Well, then I turn to the captain and uh, nod and say, Captain, I think I found your killer. Renner just sort of looks at you and goes, yes, clearly he's the killer. <laughs> he seems completely unamused. Well, but you know, uh, that Samson does laugh a little bit. <laughs> well, since if it weren't for my magics, you wouldn't have discovered him in time before he could have made his escape. I think a reward's in order, don't you? He he glares at you and goes, what reward would I give you? And then you hear Gertie Frank go up. I'll give him anything he wants. <laughs> he saved my life. <laughs> And I look over and I say, Gertie, I knew I liked you. She goes, please just get me out of here. I'm ready to go. And she just I, starts bawling uncontrollably. I will um I will walk over and uh take her take her arm in mine and gently pat her arm and it's like, let's take you home now, Gertie. Uh, tell me, you you're the head of a whole guild, right? Let's oh, the chain link guild, of course. Interesting. And she starts sobbing a little bit again. She goes, I can't believe this has happened to both the leader and the second of the glassblower's guild. Who is going to lead them now? I would imagine the third in line. <laughs> um, so you start escorting her uh, down the street. The streets are still empty, but there is no alarm sound anymore. And it appears that whatever damage the monster has caused, it has stopped. Um, As you can see that there's like scrapes on the floor there's remnants of some sort of monster blood and parts everywhere um but the city is starting to come out of their hiding places outside as as we walk away uh as i'm walking away with her you hear me say to her so tell me are you happy with your current shipping contracts <laughs> she just starts looking at you she's i mean they could be better well, uh, <laughs> okay, yeah, we'll, we'll just um, let that fade out. Uh, Radagast, what are you going to do? Eckerd is standing there giving you a look, um, and he sort of walks over and goes, "You and your your um your illusion were very much in sync." Uh, it would have to be. I'm I'm controlling it right, and I'm walking quickly as I can toward the door. Um, he starts walking along with you, and he just says, "You know, there's." There's a lot of us in this city. It's the only place that we can go. Um, I mean, God, Draneth would execute us if they knew we were even in the city. I, I hear that they have a whole special team led by this guy named Luca, and all they do is hunt down monsters. I swear they would kill even my my little vapor wing who's just so innocent, and he just keeps talking to you as he's uh, walking down the street. Well, uh, um, so question, how high is this building? Uh, the building was probably about... Like, if uh, I wanted to teleport to the roof, how high is it? Just if, like... Oh, you could probably teleport to the roof. It's only about, um... Oh, I guess if you're trying to use, like, Misty Step, it's yeah. too tall for that. 
Um, okay, that, that's exactly what I was trying yeah. to do. Well, um, <laughs> you could maybe like jump on a box at Misty Step to the top. It's probably about 40 feet high, not 30. Well, I'm going to say, well, uh, that's that's a shame. Well, good luck with that. I'm going to take off at a run, and then I'm going to misty step out of line of sight. Eckerd starts chasing after you with Vaporwing on a leash, and Vaporwing sort of is like bounding along very quickly and elegantly as Eckerd goes, wait, wait, I really want to talk to you. Yep, fades out. I actually, uh, I'm going to misty step around the corner that was behind us. Like, as we're running f- forward, as I'm running, I'm going to cast Misty Step and teleport 30 feet back and, like, and quickly sidestep um, out, out of the line of sight. So he has no idea where I went. Uh, Eckerd uh, absolutely rolls very poorly on a perception and does not see you go anywhere. Um, Ruse, you are standing in this building now with uh, Light Spine. The guards are carrying uh, the unconscious... Uh, Ormus Tass out of mm-hmm. the building. Um, the other people who are in there, I guess the only person left in there with you is Calamus. Uh, and he sort of gives you two a look and looks over at Blightspine and goes, you know, you were better when you used to kill those monsters. And he just walks out with that as his only comment. Uh, and he stares at the two of you and it's just you and Blightspine, Ruse. Uh, so, uh, <laughs> Not to be a useless lesbian in real life, but I kind of don't know what to say here. Uh, <laughs> uh, well, I'll, I'll okay, give you a so, hint. Ruse, Ruse um, just sort of reaches up and wraps an you mean, arm. You mean Blightspine? Uh, or Blightspine, sorry. Blightspine reaches up and attempts to, like, she's a little bit shorter than you. like a, a Most people bit. are. Um, and she, like, is attempting to, like, wrap an arm up around your shoulders and, like, pull you in. Um, but is failing a little bit on it and has to like stand on her toes as she's very clearly trying to like pull you in for a hug and a kiss of some kind. Um, I'll, I'll, uh, kind of turn to her and, and kind of put, put my hand up to, to keep her from getting close. And I'm like, Oh, hold, hold on. Give me a sec. I can, I can, I can make this easy for you. And, um, my, uh, all of my skin starts to ripple a little bit. Um, and I will kind of shape shift down, a few inches, so I'm just slightly shorter than her. She, her eyes go wide, and she's staring at you. And she just goes, what? What are you? And then she reaches in to, like, forcefully kiss you with some sort of intensity in her eyes. Like, she is just absolutely enamored. Uh-huh. Um, and as she reaches in and she she moves in to kiss you, you can feel her kiss on you, and you just you can see lights just dancing in front of you. And you can see this white and blue and black and red lights just sort of swirling in your vision. Oh, good. You said this part, so I don't have to. Yes. Um, yeah. And so, you start so, feeling so I see these, something slipping. Yeah, I, I kind of see these lights um, behind on the other side of the room. And uh, like they pull my attention like uh, almost magically. Um, and I, you know, one word kind of echoes in my head psychically. Help. Um and uh, I feel this magical pull, and I, I kind of place my hands on um, Light Spine's shoulders and uh, push her back a little bit and say, You're a sweet girl. I'm going to have to cancel you. Cancel on you tonight. <laughs> <laughs> um, You're canceled. And, and, and I kind of uh, b- back against the wall, and uh, as I go to walk out the door, I kind of. Uh, 
grab the top of my pirate hat and uh, lift it up and bow my head a little. And as I step out the door, um, I kind of, uh, it's almost like a little splash, like a vertical splash in reality as I planeswalk away from Ikoria. You can hear Lightspine going, wait! And she's holding out a hand. And then as you're gone, she goes, I still have your dagger. Got it. Sure <laughs> <laughs> and uh, that is where we're going to we're going to end it. Um, just for a heads up, if anyone is confused, this takes place well before the story of Ikoria. Um, that was, uh, yeah, that is the story. You discovered the villain. You discovered the murderer. You've solved the problems. Congratulations. Yeah, I've been holding on to that zone of truth for... <laughs> three episodes of like if i can get away without using this i'd prefer more spell slots but it is what it is i looked uh, at it and forgot about it uh, honestly though we knew this was going to be three episodes it would have been very boring to just whip it out 10 minutes into episode one uh and question everybody so true good job uh all right so let's move on to final thoughts um my final thought is I am excited to design a character for our next D&D session, which is, I think, when we're going to be having our recurring characters. Lorelai, was that your recurring character we just met this this uh, session? Uh, I am making finger guns at my microphone. Yes. Uh, so, yeah, <laughs> Ruse is a shapeshifter planeswalker, um, which is is a fact that I was like, look... The old, the coolest thing I could do with a shape-shifting pirate planeswalker is to have uh, have them appear in the campaign before this without anybody knowing except Chris knowing. Um, and and use this as the lead-in to what we're going to do with M21. Because I'm very clever. Um, yeah, R- Ruse, Ruse is a... Um, a gender fluid shapeshifter. So uh, the form everyone saw was a she, her woman face uh, for Ruse. But uh, we'll see what happens with Ruse in the future. All right. Um, Brian, do you have any final thoughts? I'm assuming that's Jay and Lorelai's final thoughts. Yeah, this episode's so damn long. So, yeah. yeah. <laughs> My final thought is to. Uh, mm, hmm. Chris, what's my final thought? Quick. Um, uh, your final <laughs> thought is that uh, giving a fairy dragon dragon's breath is just really cute. Yeah. It, it, I, I love that, but then I just realized, like, halfway through the combat that dragon's breath and induce for lar- or enlarge and reduce are both concentrations, so I can't ever have them both going at the same time, and that makes me very sad. Oh. Um, well, my final thought is that that went about as well as I could expect it to go. Um, yeah that was fun yeah and i'm glad that we had the zone of truth because i was really struggling with figuring out how to get y'all to realize that ormus was the villain all this time and there's i think we all yeah. figured he was he was at the <laughs> yeah. top of my suspect list uh um, Plates, he Plates was definitely shady <laughs> <laughs> yeah so uh <laughs> yeah so each of the um each of the characters has a backstory and a history of how they got to where they are including uh even the guards. Um, and I gave them all motivations and backstory and reasons. And Ormus's is that he was exiled from Dranith uh, upon his realization that he was a bonder. He escaped from what would have been execution 
uh, he is bonded with and sort of has become a patron in a way to the ooze that y'all killed. Um, before you cut the necklace, they were actually linked by health points, meaning all the damage you dealt to one of them was dealt to the other one as well. Um, so cutting the necklace actually separated them. But at the end, whenever you defeated Ormus, the double the damage dealt to the ooze was doubled for everything. So ah. just a heads up of how that worked. I planned a lot more into this than I ever thought I would. But we are at super overtime, and I don't want to spend too much time on final thoughts, except I'm super excited to meet everyone's Planeswalkers, um, and having already met Ruse was really fun. And I'm excited to bring you all to the War of the Spark um, in the M21 game. So excited. Uh, I hope all the listeners are excited, and if, if our podcast excites you in uh, normal ways or strange and unusual ways, or ways you would like to know better, you can head over to patreon.com slash the forthost. Yeah, patreon.com slash the forthostcast and support us today. Everyone who helps the show keep chugging along week after week gets access to our Discord community where forthosts from around the world are talking about new magic things, old magic things, other things in other IPs. It's a great community with a lot of very wonderful and kind folks, and we would love to have more people uh, join and, and be part of that little collective. So uh, super thanks to all our listeners and all our patrons. You folks are literally the best. And if you're a patron, you might get access to all of the backstory I wrote for all these characters, if that's something you care about, because I will probably share that either on our Discord or some other way with our patrons. Thank you all for listening, and this has been the Vorthos Cast.